0: Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our big island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken.
1: Good morning, aloha. Welcome to Island Conversations. Today, we have the privilege of talking with the Hawaii County Chief Executive Officer, Mayor Harry Kim. I went over to his Hilo office last Monday, December 2nd, and we sat down for a chat. Mayor Kim had a whole lot on his mind, and I also got to get in a few questions of my own. This will end up being a two-part interview, actually an interview and a half. We'll air the first part of it this week. We'll air the rest of it along with another interview next week. Island Conversations is on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on KWXX, 94.7 in Hilo, 101.5 in Kona, and then at 7 a.m. on 93.1 in Kona and 97.1 in Hilo. That's B97, B93. We rebroadcast the Island Conversations interviews the following Friday on KPUA 6.70 a.m. in Hilo at 8.30 a.m. You may also listen online to the stream version and you may also download the podcast for all the island conversations at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com just click on podcasts at the top and you'll see all of the interviews now to my conversation with hawaii county mayor harry kim good morning aloha mayor
2: and good morning to you sherry
1: well, Mayor, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Now, the first question is a question I bet many are asking you right now. You were mayor once before for eight years. There was an eight-year break. You are now mayor again, entering into the fourth year of your four-year term. And the question is, are you going to be running for mayor in August of 2020?
2: And the truthful answer is an easy one. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have one goal. And my family knows that that, uh, to make sure I can finish this and hopefully a lot of the things I wanted to finish with it. What I'm going to do after that, I don't even go there.
1: Meaning after this fourth year, you haven't decided if you're going to run again?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's what it means.
1: Well, Mayor, I guess I know you well enough to know you are a dedicated workhorse. So I'll be eager to hear your response. Once you actually decide, I just feel like you wouldn't stop until you have to.
2: Ah, oh, God, I was going to say, I will say, maybe you know me too well. <laughs> that's I, that's why I don't know, you know, and I will see. I've got a lot of things. I think some of your questions will pertain to that. What did I want and why did I come back and what I want to accomplish? And, and that's what I'm working on.
1: So, Mayor, one of the big issues right now facing our island is something you and I just talked a little bit about before we started recording, and that is the E, the protectors, the protesters are still atop Mount Ikea, and you created a vision that you have articulated in a brochure about Mauna Kea as a place of peace, and you've presented this. What's your strategy for getting the Kea'i to the negotiating table? Because they have stated they're not going to negotiate, but do you have a strategy, and if so, what is it to get them to participate?
2: Boy, Sherry, I've had a lot of hard jobs, but two things I will say. When the governor asked me to do it, the impulse is no, but then you realize this is what you feel had to be done, a try in a way. What I wrote took a lot of putting together all the thoughts of past. It's very hard for people to really understand this heart of a law, so to speak, that I you know, wrote. I tell people I wrote every word, but I copied every word, you know, because the thoughts.
1: When I looked at it, Mayor, I realized it really encapsulates a lot of what's gone before. Not that you didn't have some original thinking in there, but it really goes over the many things that have happened, both good and bad, over the last more than 50 years, actually.
2: I'm looking at the brochure right now, and you know the front page is a photo of the mountain that I saw, uh, minus the scope. It was 1956. I'm sure a lot of your listeners... Wondering how old I am, but it was 1956, <laughs> I remember that because I graduated from high school '57, so it's way easy to remember. And I had a not a habit, but sometimes I would write certain things, knowing it's special, and I want to, you know, all that. Someone was taking me to the corner for a job for the day, help him out. The cars were old those days, so that was an area that people call a halfway point or whatever to rest the car halfway to the park. And I looked up, and there was that heart in the morning. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, I never saw you before, which was not unusual, because I really went to Kona. And the day was clear, so that was a nice coincidence of that. And I wrote down on a piece of paper uh, what, a little different words, but basically saying the same thing. And I always remembered that. And that's why I wrote memory and thoughts, and that's why you wrote this. I feel it, and I thought, Boy, this heart represents what I feel about Hawaii's people, you know, what I feel about this place. I think you do too. We've talked about it. How lucky we are to live here. You know we don't have to explain that to people who love this place. And I thought uh, one more step than what you and I talked about because I was raised with Hawaiians all around me, pure Hawaiians, and to you know be part of their lives is great. And so you have the combination. I thought most beautiful place. Uh, with the most beautiful people. And as life goes on, what was uh, beautiful about their people was uh I always felt of their heart. As this went on, boy, the world can learn from us. I don't think people can really understand everything I'm trying to say, but just imagine this, now, me, my friends and I, sitting down under a coconut tree that we used to always do, you know, get together on weekends, peel a coconut, not much to do, we heard about a person in a mailing that could not play baseball because he was black. As simple as that is for a lot of people for us in Hawaii, where the word prejudice is not within our vocabulary, you know, it's what are you talking about? You know, that kind of thing when later on you learn about the war and people being killed because of their religion. Uh, we are in Allah, where the Catholic Church was on the left, the Buddhist Church was on the right, the Christian Church was up on the hill, all within sight, making fun of each other's religion in a, in a good way. And to hear that people die, people die because of religion, because of color, you know, it's incomprehensible. So now you can see why those words meant so much in high school, a place where all of that does not matter. And that's why I wrote that the way I wrote it.
1: So what's your strategy for getting the E to negotiate, to try to bring this stalemate, I'll call it, to a conclusion that meets many of their needs and resolves this situation? Do you have a strategy?
2: Yeah, I have one, but not what you think it is of bringing them to the table. It is for the rest of us to understand the situation why there is so much anger. And so much hurt and those things, and that's why I wrote the words in regards to uh, very deep pain of past. Uh, This is something all of us have to recognize of the history. It doesn't matter whether you fought or against it, where we go from here, in regards to um, guys who talk about the independent nation all of those are uh, bits and pieces of what some people think of it as i'm just trying to make people understand why there is so much anger and i'll just read words that make sense in recent months mauna has added to this remarkable hawaiian cultural renaissance the hawaiian's identity and the pride of being hawaiian and those are just words and i know that and i doubt the people so a lot of people have been more than just glance at it I'm asking all of your listeners if they can just imagine growing up from the time you're born and all the different subtle ways of people in their way showing that you don't belong and showing that by laws passed even commandment schools not teaching a wine you go and ask I'll say something very I think surprising here I think if you talk to anybody that went to commandment school My granddaughter goes there and I'm proud of how they've changed anywhere before 1980s or 1990s maybe and ask any one of them, how much did the school teach you of being proud of who you are, of Hawaiian? And I'll be very surprised if you find any because I haven't found any. I can be very safe and say before 1985 and I'll put dollars to donuts on that. It wasn't until, you know, the broken trust that everybody changed now imagine if you're hawaiian from the day you're born and you are not taught to be proud of who you are it doesn't matter if you're german or korean or Hawaiian. if you're not proud of who you are as i said to countless you know younger people then what are you proud of you're proud of only a superficial store-bought things you know where you work your title, or you know, kind of clothes you wear, a house, or the jobs you have, or whatever. But that's not you. That, to be crazy or you know, worse, but I classify that as just store-bought things. Because on the other side, they are telling you not to be proud of who you are. I need people to understand that of why there is so much anger, and that's why those rules were written in regards to the Renaissance of being proud of who you are. So a little tolerance of that you know, and I think uh, we can make a step forward of resolving this. My answer to your neutral question, how to bring people together, truthfully, it is for the rest of us to understand what the situation is, because the only way we are going to really go forward is for us to look, as they say, backwards, you know, where we were. In regards to negotiating with them, there's no negotiating with them. It is trying to make sure on the last page or last portion, this is divided into three sections. One, to show what we have done to be better, because a lot of people don't understand how much we've done. We not meaning Harry we can. We meaning our government after the 70s or 60s when we became a state. And there was a lot of things, even the Mary Monarch, even the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, you know, those things. That's what is listed of things we have done and in education, culture. You take like the language. I think in my first year as mayor, Sherry, I had three Hawaiian ladies come to see me for, Harry, will you support everything in regards to the reemergence of the Hawaiian language, you know, this and that, and explain to me, and I'll never forget the tears in their eyes and explaining to me that, and this was in the year 2000 now, that there were less than 50 kids that they did a total survey of the state of Hawaii that could speak fluent Hawaiian. And as they say, once you lose the language, you lose the culture. So I'm saying we came that close to losing the culture. But look at because of what's written in here, the commitment of the University of Hawaii, The legislature, the Department of Education, we've got thousands today. and Everybody should recognize them. Talking about the protectors, the people who are angry. Yes, you have reason to be, but you also have reason to be proud of what has been done. And that's the first part
1: and a brief interruption. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. I invite you to listen to all the Island Conversations interviews as podcasts, which you may get through kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Today we're talking with Hawaii County Mayor Harry Kim. He's very engaged in addressing the issues for the top of Mount Ikea. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about his plan for wintertime as the protectors are up there in very cold weather now and certainly cold weather to come we'll talk about 30 meter telescope homelessness budget and more and that's this week this conversation will extend to next week and next week we'll also have a second guest before we get back to our conversation a word from our sponsor kta superstores
0: at kta local and fresh means you get the very best hawaii island has to offer The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our Mountain Apple brand is all local, so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA.
1: And now we're going back to Hawaii County Mayor Kim, who's sharing some of the key elements of his plan, the entirety of which you might find at County.gov under the mayor's tab.
2: The second part is the most common complaints listed about the mountain. And I put it, issues of astronomy on Mauna Kea. And I also listed down the things that have been done to correct it. I'll give you a major one. There are 13 telescopes. Twelve of them were built before the year 2000. Because of the legislative auditors' criticism, major plans change were made. And so the things that the telescope of the 30-meter has to agree to is of tremendous change, including what they pay as, what we call it, dues, uh, location, and uh, solid waste. So, and I think if you look at it, they'd be proud of the changes, whether you're proud of the telescope is not the issue, the changes made in response to it. All of the people of the Board of Regents, University of Hawaii, people in charge, were not there when the mistakes were made. And the Office of Modern Management created. And all those things are listed uh, the, uh, in regards to the management and of how that will be changed. And if you look at the pages made by the governor, the president of the university, the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, the uh, 30-meter telescope people, even myself, to make sure we follow through on these pages.
1: And even, actually, I believe it's also signed by the directors of all of the existing telescopes as well.
2: Thank you for that, and I'm really proud of that because it just... It wasn't a phone call and say, hey, will you sign this? First, they had to write it. And secondly, not uh, anybody can sign it. It was a person in charge. And if you look at, as you said, the, the directors of the Monarchy Observatory, every one of them had to sign it. And that there's a commitment that we will be better.
1: And I know, actually, what you say is true, that in the last at least 20-plus years, I mean, the mountain is pristine up there. The people who run the observatories take great care. And there are still a lot of visitors, not just from the observatories, just because it's an astounding place to enjoy beauty and stars in the sky. And when I asked what the strategy was, a lot of wrongs have been done. And for example, what I hear oftentimes is property not being given out as fast as it could be by Department of Hawaiian Homelands. It sounds like you don't feel like you're the one to actually try to get the E to negotiate on these things so they get what they want. Because right now, without even talking without negotiating the KIAE the protectors can't get any of the things to which they are entitled is what it feels like
2: well first of all I'll disagree on this the commitment made for change I hope will be done regardless the commitment made for the management needs to be done and those things I think will be done because of commitment in regards to some of the major complaints was we'll the I'm understanding the holies of the Hawaiian Homes Act and that needs to be reviewed and see how we can be made better. One of the major factors of the slowness of making lands available is strictly a matter of money. And that means a legislature commitment to put more money in it. I really am upbeat about this change. I had the three protectors here, by the way, just last week, Wednesday, in regards to in the event of very severe storms. He was in writing. Uh, what my limitations were give them advance notice. That's an area that we don't have radars, uh, the technology of forecasting blizzards are very difficult. Wind storms, you know, we just had a one hour round numbers gust gusts of wind a couple of weeks ago. If you know, we lost about 60 tents that was up there. The wind speed was 45 and less, and we lost that many tents. And what I wanted them to be aware of my limitations because as far as I'm concerned, they're just Hawaii's people. You know, regardless, the whole island is Hawaii's people. And I told them uh, I'll try to give them, and the National Weather Service know that we've asked them for special concentration of that area because we have people out there, young and old. But with all of that, They must know our limitations of Weather Service and this Office of Civil Defense. There is going to be a time when these things, so you have to make emergency plans to immediately evacuate if need be. And if I give you advance notice to evacuate, you must know the seriousness of it, of blizzard winds. You must know possibility of hail and those things. And I'm very pleased to say that they all agreed there will be you know, no question. If you call to say that this is a danger to life, they will evacuate. We have that relationship and communication. And like I said, they were just here last week.
1: Well, it sounds like the county is actually providing a lot of support. I know that I talked to Pohakaloa Training Area and they say that they've done rescues, emergency medical help for at least 30 people up there. Mm-hmm. What other kind of support is the county giving? Is the county providing food and money, uh, tents, anything like that? That's been a question that many people have.
2: The kind of support we are giving, will give to anyone in need. Tents, some water, and portables, and whatever all are within their organization. I need to make clear to your listeners, the responsibility of us as government is to enforce the law. I was asked many times by different people, How would it feel about if we lost a 30-meter scope? Everybody knows it, hopefully, that I will feel a tremendous sense of loss, a loss of an opportunity for improvement of us as people in regards to the culture itself, in regards to science, in regards to education, etc. I really believe this is a good thing for Hawaii, and I really, really believe that it can be if we would all just back up and see how this can be. In regards to the protectors being up there, it is our responsibility as government to enforce the law. I don't make a single law. My job is to administrate as best as you can. We need to administrate the law that, that what is going on is should not be allowed.
1: So if you're saying that What's going on shouldn't be allowed. I'm assuming you're thinking about the road being closed by the protectors and you talk about enforcing the law, but clearly that's not happening.
2: Definitely not happening. And, you know, easier for me to say, well, that's not my authority. Within what my authority is, I'm trying to make sure that things are safe. That's why we install these signal lights out there with people with county money.
1: Well, when you say enforcing the law is not your responsibility, the Hawaii County Police are under your jurisdiction.
2: If you ask the police, you ask the sheriff, and you have land natural resources, and you ask my corp counsel. Many, many months ago, I wanted to know clearly what my authority was, and I have no operational authority over the police department. I'll make that quite clear. The responsibility of operations of the police department is under the police commission, or at this point, the governor.
1: So basically it would be up to the governor to allow the police to perhaps reopen the road, is what you're saying? It's the governor?
2: I think we all know there was an attempt by the governor to clear it. And I know it's a tough decision because having Kapunas up there, having enough of the numbers game that no matter how much you removed and they tried as uh, graciously as possible without the use of tasers or pepper spray and those you know, harsh things, that they did not have the personnel to do it orderly. As soon as they took one out, there was 30 deep on the side of the road waiting to be replaced. And so that was suspended. And the realization that, you know, to do this was not going to be a pleasant thing. I think there's a realization now that, well, I don't know, I'm not in that discussion, that this needs to be done. I think the public demands that of us. You know, we do what the law requires us to do. And that's the very difficult thing because nobody wants to use the kind of force that they feel necessary, but that's a hard decision-making that needs to be done.
1: Mayor, I'll allow you to move off the Mount Achaia discussion and we can get to other stuff.
2: It's something that I think really needs to be talked about openly. I really don't mind it at all.
1: Moving off of that and on to another one of your favorite topics, which is the county budget. Oh, great. That's, that's
2: easier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Glad to hear you say it's easier. Yeah. So our budget currently is around $584 million. That is around $67 million more than the previous year, and as part of that budget, you added around 95 people between you and the county council. So now we're going into a new budget cycle, and by March, you're going to present your preliminary budget. and. Clearly our budget is just getting bigger and bigger, but the question is, what's your budget philosophy as we go into getting ready to give the county council the first pass at the budget, which will be at the beginning of March?
2: I think there's a lot of confusion in regards to the budget, so I'm gonna take this opportunity. The law, which is good, clearly states what the budget is. You collect the money in various ways, and you spend the money, and you're required to notify the public where every dollar goes. When we say a balanced budget, it means just that you cannot overspend, and you have to identify you know, how the money is going to be spent, it has to be a budgeted thing. Think thing about the budget that I have been said so many times, Sherry, that my frustration is somehow you're not explaining it clearly enough. I was looking at this next year budget that we have to plan for, It have been already, and we need to because of, as you said, deadlines until the final one is in June for that fiscal year, is that so many of our expenses are mandated. Let, let me give you a real harsh example. The legislature passed what they call Act 17 to be implemented for four years requiring certain percentage of payment to the state retirement fund system for every employee we have. At the present time, it says that for every dollar you spend on salary, uh, you have to give 25% for the retirement fund. They changed that. For the next four years, they increased it. Police and fire, they made it a higher percentage because they're the highest paid and the needs are greatest. At the end of the four years, it will be from 25% to 41%. For all other employees, HGA, UPW people, they're at 17% now for every dollar on them, we pay 17%, 17 cents per dollar. In four years, we have to pay 24%. You combine that two alone, that is $35 million increase in our budget without one penny more of service. These are personalities on board. I think you will be, most people will be quite stunned to see how much of our cost is fixed beyond what we would like to do. I'll brag about something, for example. Everybody complain about the roads. It's one of the things that was accomplished in regards to the G.E.T. Everyone complain about the homeless. I'm very, very proud about what has been accomplished in the three years in regards to what Hilo has accomplished, the uh, best program to me in the state, 24-hour service. The corner one which we started first is not completed simply because we could not meet the requirement of, this had to be county lands or state land. We got the governor to agree to give us this much. We find out that we've got to do a EIS, but still within that, the development of the program, same as in Hilo, because we're the memorial hospital, so we just move
1: in. And so what you're talking about is new homeless housing under the governor's program, where he's funding a lot of it. And we just, you just, the county just opened the old Hilo Memorial Hospital to house, I believe it's mostly men. All men. All men. And then I know in Kona side, they're looking for different kind of shelters as well. But keep going. I just wanted to make sure right. folks knew what we were talking well, about.
2: Well, thank you for that. And the HELO goal is 50. We subcontract that to the uh, HOPE services, so there will be no government people. The best part about it, because of the OHANA bill in regards to the state legislature, 100% of this 24-hour service will be paid by the state and we do have the contract. We already have the commitment of that source of money for the Kona one, which will be implemented next year because it will be finished with the EIS and those requirements, so I'm really proud of that program. Again, it will be 24-hour service-type programs, but I do want to make this clear. We have another problem that is people classified as homeless, I classified it uh, those of the homeless who want and seek assistance and the squatters, The squatters are people who choose that lifestyle. And these are the ones that I've said, nothing gives you the right to use government or public property, uh, private property rather, as your private toilet, your dumping ground, or your camping ground. And we have to find ways to make sure that we provide them a place you can go there, but not in public or private places. And that's the hard part. Because these are people, you've heard some element, and it's a small, that people come here for that. And I don't know the numbers, but they are here. And even some who are sent here for that. And the homeless who really want help will receive that help. And some are already getting it. We had an example here in Hilo, for example, where we had to clear out this place that was using it as illegally. Out of the 10 people there, majority of them have said, we like this lifestyle, so they're out to know put somewhere uh, those that need help and want help they'll be provided that help through these programs and I am very, very glad and uh, you know where we are on that
1: well the, definitely that's something to be proud of the Halo shelter and the upcoming Kona shelter because I know hope services especially does a lot of work on this. And with that, we're going to take a pause in our conversation with Hawaii County Mayor Kim for now and pick it up next week because as we go into 2020, we have a couple things coming up. One thing is the county budget is due to the county council in March, and we're going to continue to talk about that. We also have an election coming up in 2020. And although Mayor Kim has said he isn't yet sure if he's going to run, we need to understand the issues that affect Hawaii County because there are several people. People who are running, and we need to start preparing ourselves for how we're going to vote. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next week, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho.
0: Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions and info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.